welcome to episode number 38 of the Feasible Filmcast. This is the big one. It's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 for May 18th, 2017, and my name is Christopher. Um, we're also going to get to, I imagine it's going to be a pretty big review, So, but we're also going to get to uh, some Twitter questions that you guys have sent in. So again, thanks for listening. A couple of housekeeping notes. Um, if you wouldn't mind, you know, rating us on iTunes, rating us on Google Play, you know, just sending a couple of shares or retweets on Twitter or Instagram. So just get the word out there, you know, it, it, it would help us out a lot. So if you wouldn't mind doing that and uh, also just contributing, you know, if, if you want to write us, it's uh, the Twitter is at Feasible Film and the Gmail, or I'm sorry, the email is Feasible Film at gmail.com so that's where you can get in touch with us so let's just give a quick overview of the first movie um now i'm a huge fan of the guardians of the galaxy i think that they're they're funny i think that the jokes land for me it 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 uh hits a middle ground of decent storytelling with you know funny characters but they also spend time with them which i enjoy so uh, you know, just coming into this one, you know, I was kind of in the mindset just to eat it up. You know, it looked great. I was just kind of worried they might go overboard. But uh, at the end, all my worries did not seem to come up, in my opinion. So let's go ahead and get right into the review. Uh, it's directed by James Gunn again and written, I'm sorry, written and directed. Um, involves almost all the same characters are back. Um, some new faces emerge. And... Basically, what the story involves in this one is it's just a there's like an A-line story that we're following um, Star-Lord's journey, like to meet his father. His father comes into the picture. And so, you know, they're they're trying to build like a father-son relationship. And then like the there's a B-line storyline. Um, it's kind of on the back burner where there's a group of people that they've uh, there's a race of people that they've wronged in the first couple minutes that tries to come after him throughout the whole film. So uh, this one is really, really light on actual plot and they really delve more into the characters, which I really, really enjoyed. So um, first and foremost, first and foremost, the credit sequence, I, I don't know if it's just threw people for a loop or you know rubbed people the wrong way. From what I was reading, a lot of people hated it, but I thought it was just amazing uh, a way to have uh, and like an action sequence take place in the background and have like the you know the baby Groot which people just love you know dancing around and interacting and you know just having the time of his life why while the team you know Star Lord and Gamora and Drax and Rocket all behind them you know just battling like this huge creature and and it just gives like su it gives off such an awesome aesthetic you know the music. Uh, wasn't as great I don't think as in the first one just because they they went with more like b-side songs you know songs that I didn't recognize but I thought that they worked and especially uh, you know the intro song I thought it was just awesome it's just it's just such a great way to get you in the mood you know get a couple jokes off get you in the mood um, and then just start it off almost like a you know like a really cool play you know it's just it's inviting it's not dark it's just funny and entertaining and fun you know that's that's all i ask in these movies and i just thought that that intro just gave it away in spades and uh for me like 
the interactions between each character in this one was elevated and I thought that it was just like hilarious you know um, I know a lot of people were talking about you know cultural references being a problem and you know too many you know just basically just being like a cultural reference machine just you know joke machine just one after another after another but I thought that a lot of them fit well within the circumstances of the action or um, just like off the wall stuff that happens where you know they throw in some jokes here and there you know some visual ones some pop culture gags but you know I mean the story is written around you know the the music and it's written around lyrics and things like that so um, you know it just fits the characters so well that it fits these characters so well that they would you know harken back to the um, the, the the times of their youth because you know they're having you know they they show the uh, the beginning of the film it shows uh, Kurt Russell and it's Star Lord's dad back in I believe the late seventies early eighties and you know and his mom was all about the music and things like that so you kind of get you know you, you kind of get that that uh, feeling there plus you know his uh, idol is David Hasselhoff. And I thought that the running joke of David Hasselhoff in this film was just amazing and so funny. And, you know, just kind of, you know, picking David Hasselhoff, especially uh, they talk about him and Knight Rider, you know, picking him specifically to be like a role model is just really, really funny to me. You know, it it just comes across as something like completely ridiculous and um, actually having... Uh, David Hasselhoff in the movie just made, made those jokes land so much more. But, um, so, I mean, there's a lot I liked about this movie. I liked that they took, after the meeting with Star-Lord's father, you know, every group of characters kinds of breaks off. So, you've got Rocket and Yondu, you've got Gamora and Nebula, you've got Star-Lord and, uh, Ego, which is Kurt Russell's father. And within those time, within that time, it was almost like, like your favorite parts in a book, like where you, they team up like these characters and they kind of go off and have their own stories. They build more of the character and they're able to give flourishes and uh, get more insight into these characters that make them have like a stronger relationship. You know, when they do come back together, you know, just like an Avengers film, you know, it, it, Avengers, to me, it just always feels like they're all add-ins with each other, you know? They all have, like, their little quips. They all have their little one-liners, but it's almost like the one-liners are, are for the audience. Uh, it's hard to explain. It's, like, for the audience. Whereas these, they, you know, like, the references to Rocket as being, like, a trash panda, things like that. It's You can see these guys. You can see them talking about... Um, like kind of like buddies just getting together and like spouting off, you know, funny references at each other and, 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 you know, demeaning each other. And, you know, I mean, they're at the end of the day, they're all kind of, you know, outcasts and thieves and things like that. And, uh, you know, it's hard for them to change and it's hard for them to grow up, but, you know, their thing that Avengers and especially like, uh, like the DC movies get wrong at some points is just, the camaraderie and they do their best in uh, Age of Ultron when they're kind of like in the uh, I'm talking about Avengers when they're 
on that farmhouse and they're kind of just interacting with each other. It was like my favorite part, but you know, they have so many characters to get to and so little time on that farm that, you know, a lot of people were saying, you know, it's just ridiculous. They could have cut out that whole sequence. But to me, I enjoy that stuff. And, and they had that in spades in the second one. But another thing that, um, to bring up in this one was just the attention to detail, you know, and, and the effect work, the costuming, um, the setting up of, I guess, characters in the future, I thought was done really well because they don't spend a lot of time on it, you know? You just kind of know their quips, their, their slight quips are like maybe what angers them or, or what makes them happy or sad or whatever, but they don't really uh, go too deep into those characters, which they'll get to in the next, you know, several films, I'd imagine. I mean, Avengers, I believe, is next, and then Guardians 3 is after that. So um, at least... I know more going into this with the Guardians only having two movies than the Avengers with having the multitude of their universe throughout all of their films. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just great to see a movie where you can go in and have a great time. You can just tell that everyone involved is having a great time. And it seems that the, uh, the, the producers, the guys behind the scenes aren't saying like, oh, no, you can't do this. You have to do this. You know, in the future, we want the characters to be here, so we can't have them doing this or that, you know. And partly, that is mainly because, you know, they're trying to sell, tell a certain story and get a certain end result before they start, like, bringing in new characters, of course. But uh, it just seems that in Guardians, they have a really, really, really light leash. Like, they're able to do whatever they want, have whatever jokes they want in there. And, you know, just be able to elevate, like, just the, the strangest things, which... And the quirky things, which I love. Now, getting down to the acting, I thought everything, I, 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 I thought everybody was great. The only hiccup in this one, it was the same as in the first one, was Nebula's character, the Karen Gillian. She's just, I mean, it's probably not her fault, but it's just her character's like written at like 10 or 11 the entire time. There's never any ease at all. Like she's always angry. And, uh, I just don't think that she pulls off, uh, you know, being angry. I mean, it's just, it just seems so forced. And she's the only one who really just seems kind of out of place in the group, you know, whereas everyone else fits in, you know, just perfectly. I know they're given more, but I'd say if there's one, one criticism of the acting, I'd say it was her character. But my favorite, my personal favorite character was Yandu. And, you know, just seeing, like, the evolution of his character, seeing where they go, seeing, like, the awesome action sequences that they're able to do with his arrow, which is by far, like, one of the cool... Not only one of the coolest, like... Uh, not only one of the coolest weapons, but the way that it's used, you know, the whistling... is just amazing, you know? It's, it's, it's just such a cool concept. And, um, you know, they, they really you know, take that concept up to, you know, 11 in this one, you know, he, at some point he bags probably like 50 guys on screen with it. So it's really interesting to see what it can do, but also towards the end, see its limitations, which is really cool as well. You know, cause you think you would think that, you know, something as all powerful as that, you know, would, would be able to take out almost everything, but you can see that there's flaws in it at the end which I thought was kind of interesting for them to get into. 
but uh you know i know the film was you know a, a budget of like 200 million which is you know normal these days uh for superheroes and i think that they were able to use that to its fullest you know i thought i mean the ship designs in this were great you know just that you know it, nothing's like clean or slick or anything like that it's all these like freighters that are you know real dirty and you know it looks like they need maintenance and um some of the uh especially uh the ship design that they they acquired towards the end with there's 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 like a a, a weapon uh, i don't want to spoil too much but there there's a weapon that um has like these little ball bearings that go all around the ship and it can shoot lasers from like any direction that they want. Like they can centralize lasers on any single part or every part or, or, or scatter the shots, which I thought was really, really cool. It was like a really awesome design and the way they utilize it, the way they overload it, everything about it was, I thought it was just looked fantastic. So, I mean, that looked, looked great. Um, a lot of the, uh, the ships from the golden race looked awesome. I thought that the design aesthetic from, you know, the, the characters that pilot the uh, uh, Golden Race drones aren't actually, like, in the cockpits. They're just playing them like a video game. And uh, I thought that was, like, such a unique idea. And they look like... I love the look of them. They're, like... The, the Golden Race is, like, uh, areas. They look kind of like Art Deco. And, uh, you know, almost uh, Egyptian in a way. And uh, it just looks cool. And, and the way that they use the humor against them... I thought was fantastic, but, uh, you know, the movie ended up making, you know, I, I know it's still in theaters now, but it, it's, I mean, it's only been out like a week and it's already tripled, it's already tripled its budget. So you can definitely tell that, you know, these characters are here to stay, you know, as long as they can sign, you know, most of the main characters to like big contracts or a lot, you know, use them in more movies, you know, I'm sure, you know, everybody involved will be happy about that. So, um, yeah, uh, I thought that uh, another criticism or one of the criticisms I was reading about was Brady Groot and his use, you know, and especially like his intelligence level throughout the film, you know, sometimes, sometimes he's not able to make, you know, easy decisions or, or not able to follow instructions, whereas other times he can, you know, spout off one liners or, or dance around and. I just don't really think that's the case. I just think that the character in general is just, he just has like a one track mind, you know, it's not that he, it's just like, he just goes for like whatever, whatever interests him at the time. So like you could tell him something and he'll get it, but then five minutes later, he'll be involved in something else or, or, or going after something else, almost like a kid in the candy store. And so you know, I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was, his parts were pretty funny. And it wasn't really anything that the baby group did. It was just the interactions around him and, and what people wanted him to do, which was which was really funny to me. But, um, yeah, Sylvester Stallone's in it. Apparently, he has a team that was the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, it's not spoiling anything because they don't really tell you anything. But... Uh, his crew's in it, um, in all of the post-movie sequences. I guess they're setting up a lot of the other characters because, you know, they they showcase they showcase a lot of the um, they showcase just a bunch of other characters I've never heard of. So, 
um, you know, I'm sure they'll be in the next film or, or in a, a Avengers, you know. So that one is great. Um, but what else? Yeah, I mean, all in all, I guess the pros for me were, you know, at the end of the day, I love the music. I love the plot. I love the cultural references. Um, I just, I just, I don't know. I just had such a fun time. And, you know, even though it's, you know, two hours and something minutes, it, it really didn't seem like that to me. It, it went by so fast. And, and, you know, it was just so great to see, finally see a movie where, uh, you'll finally see a superhero film, like towards the end, you know, a city's not being destroyed or something like that. You know, it's just like a one-on-one -on -one battle and, you know, once it's over, it's over and you move on. And I just, I like that about it. You know, it, it's not about, you know, just putting a whole community or whole city or the whole world in jeopardy. It's just, you know, a one-on-one -on -one battle that they start and wrap up and it's all clean and, uh, it's good from start to finish in my opinion. So that was great. And, you know, the cons went over just nebulous character. Um, maybe some, uh, maybe some things with the golden race towards the end that could have cut short a bit. But, I mean, that's it's just really nitpicking at that point. So, you know, I, I love this film. You know, I, I definitely give it, you know, if we're getting to reviews now, I, I'll definitely give it like a, a 4.5, and it could definitely go up with a, a, another viewing. And it's just one of those films that you can just throw on, and it's watchable. <laughs> you know, and I, I definitely plan on going and seeing it again. So... That is the end of the review. I definitely recommend it. Just go see it. You probably have already seen it, but just go see it. Go see it again. It was great. Um, so let's move on to some questions here. And the first one comes from... Thank you guys for sending in questions, by the way. And the first question comes... It's uh, James from New York. He asks, I'm a huge Mortal Kombat fan, and with talks of a new movie in the pipeline... How hyped are you that it will release in the near future? So, you know, I really wasn't aware that... I mean, I was aware that they were talking about doing a new movie, but I actually had to go look it up. I wasn't sure that, you know, they were really, really talking about, like, doing a film. So I went and looked it up, and it's sketchy at best. You know, it looks like there's a script. I mean, it's it's what we've heard for years and years and years. You know, there's there's a script out there. I don't know if anybody wants to touch it. You know, the I know the uh, fighting game does really well. Uh, it's near and dear to my heart. It's one of my favorite, or it is my favorite fighting game. You know, I, I've played all of them. I pretty much like, like most of them. And uh, but but one thing I didn't really enjoy was the MK Legacy series that came out a couple years back. Like it was, you know, that that web TV or you know, it's just released online. I don't know. It just it it uh, it had some decent martial art martial art scenes. It's just you know introducing a new character every episode, not really showing much of the background, and it was mainly just to me. It just felt like a demo reel for I forget the guy's name. He did it, but it just seemed kind of like a demo reel. Uh, you know, some money. You know, he was like he was given some money just to do a demo reel of a series that he really enjoyed. It didn't really do much for me. I didn't really enjoy it all that much, and if it was more more or less like that, I probably wouldn't be very interested. And I know that the writers come out saying that 
it's going to be like a rated R, a dark version of uh, Avengers. So um, I don't know that it gets me all that hyped, you know, especially coming from the last, you know, two films. You know, I remember being like so excited for the first film when it came out that, uh, you know, I was still pretty young though when it came out, but I just remember like every day when the paper would come out and they would be advertising like the newspaper. I'd, they'd be advertising this movie and you know they'd have like pictures they'd have like pictures of the actors like fighting and you know like the MK MK symbol and the dragon symbol and all that from the games and everything and I was so excited I remember I've got like a lot of those newspapers like movie sections just saved just because I love the artwork you know and things like that so I was so hyped and at the time you know I thought, you know, it was an amazing movie, and I still think as far as video game movies go, yeah, it's it's cheesy, but, I mean, when you when you compare it to stuff like Mario Brothers and Street Fighter and, uh, you know, Blood Rain, stuff like that, Hitman, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's cheesy, but you gotta say it's better than those films, so. I am, I wouldn't say I'm excited, but I, I can see there's definitely potential you know, if they, if they focus on the, you know, the combat and leave a lot of the characters out and focus just on a core group of people, I think it would, could be pretty good and, and maybe go at it at a different angle than just having a, you know, a, uh, a tournament, you know, maybe, uh, I mean, maybe even have start off with split style movies where, you focus in on just a couple of characters and their upbringing and like how they transformed, how they came about and then have a meeting towards the end. Like, you know, after you've done a couple movies, like a adventure style movie, I mean, that'd be my, that'd be the way I would do it. So, um, you know, we'll just have to see, you know, I mean, I've heard so much about this film over the past couple of years that, you know, I just keep, keep getting your hopes up and then it just never happens. You know, it looks, just seems like nobody wants to touch it for whatever reason. So we'll just see. And uh, so let's get on to question number two. So this one's from Christy in Minnesota. And she says, I absolutely hate the Guardians of the Galaxy. So many cultural references that will not hold up as well as unfunny jokes that bring it down. Give me something darker in my superheroes, please. Do you agree? Well, you know, it's funny he sent us in before, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy review and... Uh, I mean, I mean, just from listening to my review, you can definitely tell that I don't hate them at all. I, I think that it's really funny. I think that you, I don't think you necessarily have to be in a certain mindset to watch these films, but you kind of already know what you're getting yourself into. And, you know, the, the, the quips and, you know, the things behind the characters and the laughs that, you know, they bring up. I, I think that they're clever enough to, to have some laugh out loud moments. And, uh, and I think you're genuinely funny. You know, if, if you want if you want something darker, dark, I mean, there are some dark elements in this, you know. I think that the, the sibling rivalry between Nebula and Gamora is pretty dark. Um, you know, the, uh, without spoiling too much, the Star-Lords and Ego's past and present is pretty dark, in my opinion. You know, just the concept is. It doesn't really, you know, weigh too heavily on that in the story, but the concept definitely is. Um, and then, but I mean, if you want something darker, just see what happens, you know. Just 
watch Suicide Squad or watch uh, Batman vs. Superman and, and see what happens when it's just straight build dark darkness. You know, it's just it's just not fun. And, you know, you could do that, but try to mold your movies on uh, on something different than, than the Dark Knight series, you know, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. You know, if you're trying to go after that, you know, I mean, there's, there's ways that you can go about that, but I just don't think that these characters, especially the DC universe, have to be so dark. I mean, especially when they start bringing in, you know, like in, in the Wonder, movie, Wonder Woman movie coming out, and if you do Cheetah, and, and you bring in a lot of these characters that look ridiculous, you know, I, I mean, it's just going to be so hard for them to make a dark film out of that, and and, and, you know, just, just from seeing the costuming and things like that, you can tell that they're trying to go in that direction. And, and you know, we'll just see how, how, it, how it works and how they, you know, write the scripts for these next DC films. But, I mean, if you don't like the Guardians, just I, I'd suggest just sticking with the DC movies. You'll get as much darkness as you can handle, I'd imagine. So uh, we got one more question here. It's John from Canada. He asks, where are the classic movie reviews? My favorites are spy thrillers, war films, etc. When are you going to do some retro reviews on some classics? Well, funny you should ask. I uh, we have some in the pipeline. Uh, I plan on doing like a over the next couple of weeks, doing kind of like a classic film noir series, like just like one or two. I'll try to do two a week, but it'll probably just be one. Um, you know, movies like uh, Notorious. Um, where the sidewalk ends, um, you know, you know, older, older, like classic film noir movies first. So they're, they'll de they're definitely in the pipeline. I, I would suggest going on to, uh, our letterbox and, you know, just perusing there. If you want to see some, um, you know, some of our previous reviews on classics, there's, there's quite a few in there. Um, uh, but we're definitely going to be in the future implementing more and more and more into uh the film reviews and and you know if you guys respond positively to that you know we'll, we'll just keep doing it if not you know we'll just kind of keep it on the back burner maybe just spout out some recommendations here and there but um it's definitely in the works so um but yeah so i just want to thank everybody for uh listening to the episode that brings us to the end um if you have any questions or comments you can email me at feasiblefilm at gmail.com you can also hit us up at Feasible Film uh, uh, at Twitter. It's at Feasible Film. Um, and like I said at the beginning, you know, if you wouldn't mind sharing um, or, you know, on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, YouTube, you know, just share clips, whatever, you know, just to get the, uh, the word out there. Uh, and, you know, just let us know, like, where you're listening from, you know, if you enjoy the show, things like that. And, you know, uh, above all else, though, you know, you know, I thank you wholeheartedly for listening. Um, and it definitely, if you're a huge movie fan and you want to be on the show as a guest reviewer, uh, we can definitely set that up. So just hit me up at Twitter. Like I said, it's at Feasible Film um, anytime, and we can set that up. So next week's review is going to be Alien, uh, Resurre Alien Resurrection, <laughs> Alien the Covenant. What is it? 
Alien Resurrection was the fourth movie. What's the new one called? Alien Covenant. So yeah, so the next movie is going to be, the next review will be Alien Covenant next week. And we might also have King Arthur as well. So thanks for listening again. And until next time, stay feasible.